feel like I'm getting some excite bike feels, and my bike's going to go over that little bump and fall over because I'm going too fast. But uh, welcome back. It's You Better You Bet. Jeremy Confill in for Nick Casas alongside Ken Barkley. And we got our guest on the line. We welcome in Jason Sobel from the Action Network. You can check him out, host of SiriusXM, talking a little PGA Tour with him. Jason, first off, how are you? And thanks for joining the show. I'm doing well. Good afternoon, guys. How are you? We're good, Jason. We'll talk a little bit about travelers, obviously, and uh, up in, I know you're obviously, like, got some ESPN roots. I still live in Connecticut, like, pretty close to to River Highlands, where this is going to be. I can actually, I'm going to Nick's wedding, otherwise I'd be there on Saturday. I got offered some tickets, so kind of, like, a little familiar with the tournament, but why don't we do, like, a little U.S. Open wrap-up, just because it was, like, a pretty memorable tournament. Uh, It sounds like you know, just all the tickets I've seen on Twitter and all the people kind of like, oh, yeah, like I saw this coming that that maybe Wyndham Clark was was predictable. Maybe he actually made a lot of sense as a winner. Just anything that stands out to you betting wise from what we saw this past weekend could be Rory, could be Clark, anybody else from the uh, from the U.S. Open. So I will say, first of all, from a betting perspective, if you're on Wyndham Clark, congratulations. Uh, I, I have been a massive Wyndham Clark fan for a while. I've been on him at a few events earlier this year. I had a little bit of him at Quail Hollow when he won the Wells Fargo Championship. Nothing last week for the only reason that he had only played in six career major championships and had no finishes better than 75th. I spoke with him. I was doing the post-round interviews for U.S. Open Radio, our our broadcast coverage. I spoke with him after the first, second, and third rounds, and what really stuck out to me was the fact that he just seemed calm and comfortable in the moment. Now, I did think at the time, okay, well, wait till he gets into that fourth round, that final round pressure cooker where he's trying to win this thing, but it just never really affected him. He stayed cool and calm in that moment as well, was able to hold off the likes of Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler and Ricky Fowler. Super impressive. And, again, congratulations to anyone that saw that coming. So, with the tournament coming up, uh, what are we looking for here? How does the course play? Um, any concerns with weather? Any of that stuff as far as the course goes? Yeah, so TBC River Highlands has been on the schedule for uh, many, many years. 6,850 yards this week. So, one of the shorter courses on the PGA Tour schedule. But, it's a designated event for the first time this year. So we've seen some of the bigger names come to uh, the middle of Connecticut over the last handful of years. Well, they all or most of them have to come this time around because it is, like I said, a designated event. So um, we, we've got Scotty Scheffler at the top of the board, followed by John Rahm, Patrick Cantley, Rory McIlroy, Xander Shoffley, the defending champion, Victor Hovland. Uh, but just because it's a short course, doesn't necessarily only play uh, to the advantage of the shorter hitters. The uh, the long hitters have played very well here in previous years as well. And while this used to be the domain of uh, maybe some of the guys where you could find some long shots on top of the board, going back to J.J. Henry and Freddie Jakobson and uh, Ken Duke and Ches Reeve, over the last three years we've seen Dustin Johnson, Harris English, remember this is when Harris English was playing like one of the world's best players, and Xander Shoffley, like I said. And so we've seen three straight years of only the big names winning this golf tournament. I'm worried. There's a guy who I I like a few kind of mid-tier guys, if not long shots. Uh, I'm a little worried that the top of the board is going to be right there at the top of the leaderboard come Sunday afternoon. 
Jason, do you do you make any kind of adjustment? I've seen a, a couple of people put out some some content about this, about, you know, like the Travelers typically is scheduled the week after the U.S. Open. I think it's been that way for quite some time, maybe maybe a decade, maybe longer. Um, and, and so it's always the week after a major. And I think, you know, it's kind of like human nature in other sports, right? Like a team goes to game seven and then they come off it and they play game one in the next series. And in the NBA, those, those teams lose all the time because they're gassed from playing game seven. Any kind of adjustment here for you for some of the golfers who played and especially like who were in the mix on Sunday, like a Scheffler, for example, or like some of the other guys in the field, Wyndham Clark's in the field. Um, any adjustment for you down for some of these guys who were in the mix late last weekend, you know, playing all four days of the U.S. Open? I used what I saw with my eyes, what I heard with my ears at LACC last week. Spoke with Ricky Fowler after the final round, and I'm telling you, he was he was a little despondent in the, you know, this is five minutes after he finished his final round. He thought that he was going to go out there and win last week. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this stings for a little while for Ricky. He's been playing some great golf, eight top 20s in his last nine starts, but he's a guy that let me sort of, just hold on him for now. I'm not really going to fade him, but I'm not playing any Ricky this week just because I'll give him a week to kind of get his bearings straight again and, and kind of figure out golf and uh, let that sting go away. Same goes for Rory McIlroy, who really thought he had a chance at the end of that golf tournament and just couldn't quite get past Wyndham Clark on the leaderboard. And yet, Scotty Scheffler is a guy who, when I spoke with him after the round, he, he seemed more positive than negative. And maybe for the fact that he was never quite there, unlike uh, Ricky and unlike Rory, he had never gotten into a share of the lead. So I, I felt more positive momentum from Scheffler himself. Granted, he is playing like the best player in the world right now. He's the favorite this week. So it doesn't mean I'm going to run out and put all my money on Scotty Scheffler as the outright play. But I, I do think that he could be a card killer this week. If you're looking at outright, you're looking at uh, guys further down the board, um, there's a very decent chance that Scotty Scheffler all of a sudden just starts putting lukewarm. He doesn't need to have a hot butter. He needs to have a lukewarm butter, and he could go out and win by three or four shots, and it would not shock me at all if that happens this week. Talking some golf with Jason Sobel here on You Better You Bet. Now, Jason, as you look at um, – you said you like some of the guys in the middle of the pack to maybe long shots. Um, does this course fit a lot of those guys that you were looking at? How do you plan to make money off of this tournament? Yeah, I'm looking for some guys who are uh, good iron players, uh, good wedge players, good putters. Russell Henley, uh, honestly, his number shocks me this week because I was expecting coming into the week to get him at around 50, 55 to 1. I thought he'd be a nice mid-tier play. He's 35 to 1 in most books. He's actually got a shorter number than Matt Fitzpatrick, than Hideki Matsuyama, uh, even uh, Justin Thomas, who's climbed way up there. Uh, based on the fact that he shot a second-round 81 last week. Uh, Cameron Young, Max Homa, uh, really, Russell Henley, his win equity isn't probably as, as high as any of those other players, but he's a guy that I do like, so I will look at him more in the prop marketplace for a top 10, top 20s this week on Henley, who I do like. Other uh, little sort of mid-long shots, mid-tier type guys that I'll have a little piece of, Harris English, Shane Lowry and Keegan Bradley are guys that, again, I like them. I don't love any of them. Uh, my favorite play is uh, at the top of the board as far as an outright. Uh, I can get Patrick Cantlay at just about twice the number of Scotty Scheffler. And uh, I don't like chasing guys that are that short, but, boy, Patrick Cantlay's playing some really good golf. He's been top 15 
each of the last five times he's played the Travelers Championship. And so he's a guy that I, I really do like. Uh, at a number, uh, maybe I'm just comparing him to Scotty too much, but at a number that's, like I said, just about twice the price, I, I, I can get on a little Cantlay this week. Jason, you, you mentioned uh, Justin Thomas and kind of how his odds went crazy. I know we, we had people on for the U.S. Open last week, and there was kind of this divergent opinion, right? Half the people are like, man, he's just not playing really well right now. And then you have the other half that are kind of like, well, wait a minute. Like, he's like 55 to 1, and he's usually not priced like that to, to win a major. So there was always kind of that disagreement. I feel like that happens all the time. Like, Ricky Fowler it would be a perfect example a couple of years ago where it's like, well, is he going to ever get back to what he was? Spieth, I think, is another example. Billy Horschel right now, who's basically like, I'm playing the worst golf I've ever played. And you mentioned Thomas shot, whatever, that 81, whatever, and was like, you know, my game's never been this bad before. How do you just, it seems like it's something unique to golf, so I don't know the answer to this. How do you kind of tell when it's time to buy back in on these guys? Like, is it, does it take a week? Is it a month? Is it take longer than that? Like, when will you know or when will you have a sneaking suspicion that, hey, maybe like a good Justin Thomas performance is coming here? It's a great question. I think there's a definite push and pull and not even uh, between different people, but sort of our inner psyches. When we're starting to think about this stuff, it's like, uh, well, I, I know as a golf fan, I understand that Justin Thomas is not playing his best golf and probably is not going to start playing his best golf right now. As a better, I know that Justin Thomas has been 10 to 1 or even shorter in some events over the past year. And if I can get him at 60 to 1, 65 to 1, my brain is telling me, uh, green light, he's got to go do it. And so there's this, I think, inner battle that we're all facing on uh, when do you pick up a guy and when do you not? For me, I, I've got to see a little something first. Billy Horschel is a great example, I think, because we saw three weeks ago at the Memorial Tournament, Billy opened with an 84, and he was, like I said, just despondent about the way he was playing. Well, he started playing some better golf since then, and so uh, these things are usually gradual. Uh, you know, it's, it's very infrequent that we see a guy sort of hit rock bottom, and all of a sudden, the very next week, go out and win a golf tournament. That doesn't happen very often, but I don't expect Justin Thomas to play worse than he did last week. I mean, I think that was probably uh, the bottom for him. He actually said he had prepped pretty well. He was playing pretty well going into it. He didn't expect to shoot a big number. Shot one big number. He's going to bounce back from that. He, he is going to start playing some better golf very soon. I won't be on him this week, but uh, once we start getting to some, some courses that he likes, some places that he's played well over the last handful of years, if he's at a similar number, I'd I fire on Justin Thomas. I, I have no problem uh, doing that. I think he's still one of the top five most talented players in the world, even if he's not playing like it right now. How do you feel about, I mean, I've heard you mention a lot of the names, but Rom, um, you know, Hovland, and of course, Colin Morikawa, any of those guys appeal to you? Don't love Rom. I spoke with him after his final round, and granted, despite it's been kind of what was on his mind, but uh, we started talking about upcoming schedule, and I know that he's been studying up on the Open Championship. Even after winning the Masters, Rom said, uh, you know, I, yeah, I grew up watching Seve, so the Masters is big to me, but boy, the Open Championship, being a European, the Open Championship is really the biggest one for me. I know that he's got his sights set on that, told me the other day, yeah, I'm playing Travelers. Then afterwards, I'm going to have a, a two- or three-week break. I haven't had one of those in forever. I can't wait for that. I think John Rahm's looking ahead to that little vacation. 
and maybe looking past this one a little bit. So it doesn't mean he can't play well, but I'm going to stay away from him for now. Victor Hovland's another guy that when we talk about the Open Championship, that should be about the right time frame. That's about six weeks from his win at the Memorial Tournament, maybe eight weeks from the win there where I, I could see him sort of back on that up cycle. And he will be, if not my favorite play for the Open Championship next month, one of them. And then you mentioned Colin Morikawa. Uh, we were a little hesitant last week because he came in with a back injury. He had had, he was forced to withdraw uh, only two shots off the lead at the Memorial in his uh, most recent start prior to last week. And so uh, I think what we saw was a guy that is continuing to get a little bit healthier, continuing to find that putting stroke a little bit more, which it always scares me a little bit. But if I could have one of those guys in his current number right now, uh, Morikawa would be the guy of those three. Jason, I was going to ask you about the Open, but I think we got some good thoughts on a, a couple guys that you're kind of looking at in that tournament. So I'll kind of go with this. Uh, you know, we got like a minute left. Rory obviously comes up short again at a major. It's been, what, like a decade since he's won a major after starting really kind of promising in his career. Had a ton of good finishes, maybe not even necessarily his fault. If, if I set the market at 0.5 majors for the rest of Rory McIlroy's career, does he win one yes, no, in a two-way? In like 30 seconds, what do you think you'd bet? Yes. Uh, yes, Rory McIlroy wins one. I don't think that the next one will be the Masters. And I, I've heard other people say this as well, and I, I agree with it. If he's going to ever get that green jacket, he's got to win something else first, whether it's an Open, maybe a PGA Championship. But, yeah, look, this is a guy who's been right there uh, very recently, including just a few days ago. If a couple of putts break his way instead of missing the hole, uh, we could be talking about him being the U.S. Open champion. It's going to come for Rory at some point. Jason, I appreciate your time, and I'm sure the guys look forward to getting you back on down the line. Thanks so much for joining us today, and enjoy the tournament this weekend. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Good stuff. And I, you you know, think, I brought uh, up Colin Morikawa. Go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was, I mean, you were going to say Morikawa. I was like, Tyler Tyler was writing in our chat as as Jason was talking, like, I'm, I'm locked and loaded on Morikawa. It's like a really tempting bet for this week. I don't know if that's where you were going, but I was kind of thinking the same thing. I was bringing it up because I saw Tyler brought it up, and I wanted to get his take on it. But um, a lot of good golfers to choose from this week. Uh, interesting enough, as we look at some of the names out there um, in this tournament. But I can't wait until we get the merger back going. I want to see some of the big names back <laughs> right. over here again. <laughs> this is like as yeah. good as it gets until uh, until living PGA Tour. Like aside from the the majors, obviously, and that's weird. Yeah. Like I, this tournament's very close to where I live. I, I, like I said, I, I could have gone to it on Saturday. I got offered some tickets, but I'm, I'm going to Nick's wedding instead. And it's not usually like this. For, usually, week after mm -hmm. the U.S. Open, are you kidding me? Week after the U.S. Open, you think anybody's trying to play in a tournament? And because it's one of these <laughs> elevated events now, like, man, the field is a, is a monster field. So, like, I, I think if you're going to handicap this tournament, like, yeah, you can use the previous years, but just keep in mind that, like, these quality players were not in those tournaments. So, like... Yeah, cool. Yeah. It can be a short yardage iron wedge player who like gets hot with the putter, sure. Or it can be John Rahm. <laughs> like or it can, mm -hmm. cause he never yeah. plays in this, or somebody like him never plays in this. I think it was the one thing that kind of shocked me is that we did have a bunch of names at the top that you you respect. You know, we've been talking about yeah. this, but the merger's gonna be great because we get some Clark's of the other guys too. back. All right. Yeah. yeah, he's back. He's playing in this. So we got our uh, the, finish up the power hour, our best bets. We'll get everything to you. That's coming up next. Got a couple doozies for you. I'll tell you about the weather right here on You Better You Bet. It's brought to you by BetMGM right here on the BetQL Network.